are making their way back, their ways back. Look at all the little kiddos we have in here still. I love that. We have lots of snuggles going on. Keep the snuggles happening. Yeah, so hey, my name's Chris. If you didn't know that yet, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, welcome. I am the community architect here at Coastlands Vineyard. Nobody really knows what that means. I don't know what that means yet, but um, we're just trying to figure out what are we doing with this amazing group of people that God's brought together, and that's why we're here. I just got back last week from a missions conference with the Vineyard Church, and it's kind of cool to have just the way the timing has worked out with Larry sharing and with, uh, with Greg sharing and having Bishop Yindi here. Yeah, God is up to some cool things around the world. It's, isn't it nice that God is bigger than just Morro Bay and Los Osos? Yeah. God has been to Tanzania. Did you know that? Has anybody else been to Tanzania? Greg? Bishop Yindi? Anyone else? Um, Habarigani Rafiki. Mungu Alikumbu Vizuri. I was just speaking in tongues there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, will you tell them what I said? What I tried to say? And, oh yeah. And do you remember that phrase, wife? Mungu alikumu vizuri. What does it mean? What's that? Yeah, God made you special, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is my wife, Sarah, if you all didn't know that. Um, the one waving, that's, that's baby Nathan that she's holding. And yeah, Sarah and I actually met in South Africa and Kenya. At some point, it'd be really cool to, to share our story with you. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to. But So that part of the world, we didn't actually get to go to Tanzania, but, but Kenya was where God melded our hearts together because we experienced the glory and beauty of God in a way that we honestly had never experienced. We got to go on a safari in a little place called... Um, yes, Masai Mara. He knows it. All right. Anybody have a bucket list? Okay, take out your bucket list, whatever you write it on, and move towards the top of your list. Go on a safari in Masai Mara National Park in Kenya. Just absolutely spectacular experience. Um, if you're single and you go there with someone of the opposite sex, you might just come back married because it's that <laughs> incredible. Um, Sarah and I actually got married we got married a year from the day, pretty much, that we left for Africa together. And um, yeah, just saw the glory of God and just the beauty in a culture that was just so rich. And it's, it's amazing that, that God is bigger than Los Osos and Morro Bay and, and slow. And that God is also here. I love um, Regina, right? Yeah, Regina read us through Psalm 139. And I remember reading through Psalm 139 a few months ago and I was looking, I was on, sitting on my porch and I could see, obviously, the Pacific Ocean from my porch. And I'm looking out. And I knew that somewhere on the other side of that huge ocean that China was there. I couldn't see it. My vision isn't that good. But it's there. If I could kind of see around the corner and 
China was there and I was reading Psalm 139 and it hit me all of a sudden that God was moving in my life with the same intensity and same focus and same compassion and nurturing when I was in China as God moves in my life here that I had to move from China back to the United States, but God didn't. And we're like, duh. But no, like, think about that for a minute. Not just duh, but really think that Bishop Yindi comes here to visit us. The Holy Spirit did not have to get on a plane. The Holy Spirit is moving in the midst of Tanzania with the same and sometimes even more with a different intensity there as the Holy Spirit moves here. And this is the God that we have been swept up into loving and being caught up in and being a part of. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for being here. Really happy to have you. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Let's just wrap this up. Um, it's been a full morning already. You guys are like, well, so announcements start at 10, 11, 15. Okay, sweet. What kind of church is this? Are we in, are we in Africa? <laughs> are we in Latin America? We're not. We're at the coast. But let me just take, I'm going to try to do a, a quick little, okay, I'm going to say 30 minutes, and if I go any shorter, you guys will all feel um, pleasantly surprised. How's that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this brief because we already have had a rich full morning, but there is something quickly that's, that I wanted to share with you. We've been talking um, that. Cool. You guys are a step ahead of me. We've been talking over the last few, well, last month or so about the beauty and brilliance of Jesus, about his life and personality. We realized that, at least I came to a realization not too long ago, that if you were to ask me why Jesus died, I would have lots of answers for you. But if you were to ask me why Jesus lived, besides just to die... I don't know what I would have said. And it started to hit me that Jesus' life actually matters, that he was an actual person that did things, that thought things, that felt things. He wasn't just some theological idea or some person stuck in a book. And so what I've been trying to do over the last few years is learn how to actually read the Bible in 3D and read the Bible almost more like I would read a work of fiction then I read a textbook because there's life there. There's color there. There's movement there. So we've been trying to say, well, if Jesus really is a person, what might he be like? Because we want to have a relationship with him, not just be swept up in a set of ideas, right? So over the last uh, few weeks, we've talked about Matthew 5, this is all the cliche things about turn the other cheek and go the extra mile and give your cloak as well. And I got hit and I got bullied around and it was really fun. We talked about... What else have we talked about? Well, last week, last week was fun for me. Oh, you should have seen the look on your guys' faces. Uh, last week, we had a guest that I invited up, a first-time visitor, and I invited him up and um, clumped a big old thing of mud on his face. Um, he was about six foot six, 250 pounds, uh, solid muscle, and he was a friend of mine, but I didn't want anybody to know that till after, just for the sake of awkwardness. Uh, I, I'm a fan of awkwardness, but... Yeah, we were talking about how Jesus doesn't just, what was the point again? Oh yeah, Jesus doesn't just heal broken people, but he challenges broken systems. So we were talking about why would Jesus spit in the mud on the Sabbath? Because he wanted these Pharisees to see what true blindness is. He wanted them not just to say, look, this guy is blind physically. He's saying, you guys are blind spiritually. You're more worried about the fact that I spit on the Sabbath than you're worried or excited that I healed this man, this child of mine. You have got your priorities all out of whack. It's just beautiful what Jesus does. And one of the things I wanted to look at this morning quickly is, is how Jesus 
challenged culture for the sake of human dignity. So we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to just blaze through this passage in Luke chapter 10. It's a familiar story. It's a story of an activist and a contemplative. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Anybody heard this story? Yeah. So we all know the point of this story, right? Is do the right thing. Don't be active, but sit at the feet of Jesus. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. But let's just look at this story for a couple minutes. There's two layers we're going to touch on really quick. Now, as they went on their way, this is Jesus and his disciples, who were all male. It's called foreshadowing. Sneak preview. Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So this Martha somehow is a homeowner. She's probably a wealthy woman. She welcomes Jesus and his disciples into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Um, Hey, you guys know I like volunteers, so can we have a a Mary and a Martha come up here, please? Preferably females. All right, give me a Mary and a Martha. I knew it was going to be Fialta. I knew that Fialta would... And we need a Jesus, somebody that's confident in your identity. Who wants to be Jesus? All right, come on up, Jesus. So Jesus, what's your real name, Jesus? Aiden. Aiden, awesome. Aiden, come hop up on the stool right here, please. All right, so who's Mary, who's Martha? Martha. All right, Martha, get in the kitchen. Get in the kitchen where you belong. Don't read into that, okay? (laughs) I'm playing into the story. And Mary comes and sits at the feet of Jesus. Okay. So we have Martha off working, and she's not liking what her sister's doing. And so she's distracted with much serving as Jesus is teaching Mary about life. And Martha comes in, and she says... Right in the middle there, starting with Lord. You don't care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And the Lord says, Yeah. Excellent job, Jesus. You are a good teacher. You're, can I sit here next to you? You're a really good teacher. So Jesus is sitting here, and Martha is off striving, struggling, working in the kitchen. And Martha comes in and says, Jesus, what are you doing letting her be lazy right here, sitting at your feet while I'm trying to work and prepare food for you and all your disciples? And Jesus says, Martha... You've missed the point. There's one thing that needs to happen here, and this is it. Mary is sitting at my feet, listening to me, face-to-face, encountering me. And so many sermons are prot, which is how it should be, because teach, taught, preach, prot. Um, Many sermons are preached about how Mary chose the right thing, and we need to not just be scurrying around, striving, working to serve God. We need to be sitting at Jesus' feet. But if you look at the broader context, this story is couched in the middle of a lot of action. 
of Jesus sending his disciples out to do all these miracles and meet all these people, and then Jesus, them coming back, and they debrief it, and then the parable of the good, hi, did we have a runaway? <laughs> oh, no, we never have runaways. We're, we're on the ball here at Coastlands. Trust us with your kids. Um, thank you, Tammy. So, but listen to the context. I mean, how many of you have heard the story preached this way, though, that that Mary knew the right thing. The right thing is to sit at the feet of Jesus, right? Quit striving, quit working, quit serving, and sit at the feet of Jesus. But the story is in the context of people going out and blessing people and serving people and healing people and preaching the gospel. And then right before this story is the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's about somebody seeing somebody in need and meeting their need, serving with compassion. So it makes you wonder if maybe the sitting and the serving isn't the point. What if the point has nothing to do with Mary and Martha? Who is the central figure of the Bible? Jesus. What if when we call it the story of Mary and Martha, we're really honing in on the wrong characters? What if the point is, what is Jesus looking for and asking of his friends in this moment? And maybe Jesus is just tired. Maybe Jesus is like, I'm hungry and I'm tired and yes, I'm excited to eat, but what I'd really like, what I'd really like is some companionship right now. It looks like, I think we have a disciple that's going to make his way up in a minute. We're going to need more help. But, but ju- that's just a quick thought. That's layer one I want us to think about is what if Mary and Martha, what if what they're doing isn't the point? What if it's not about learn, trying to figure out should I be a servant-hearted person or should I be a contemplative person? But what if it is Jesus? How are you wanting to connect with me in this moment? Do you want me to serve alongside you right now or do you want me to sit at your feet and listen to you? If I spent my whole Oh, is he okay back there? I was just looking up to reference you, baby, and I see my boy almost face plant. Um, do you think that my wife gets mad when I take the boys out of the house to give her some space? <laughs> she's like, husband, how dare you? Leave me again. No, she's like, peace. Oh, oh, you haven't left yet? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if I spent our whole marriage taking the boys out of the house, would you call that a marriage? This is obvious stuff, right? There's a give and take, isn't there? My wife and I need to sit and we need to connect one-on-one, but at the same time, I need, to, I need to serve her and I need to do things for her. And I think with Jesus, sometimes we miss that, that we read these stories and we're like, okay, so I, anybody ever feel guilty when you read the story of Mary and Martha? And you're like, I need to sit at the feet of Jesus more. But what if Jesus isn't saying that? What if Jesus is saying, no, just listen to me. Just be in tune with what I'm asking of you. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm okay with you as my coworker, and I'm okay with you as my companion. And I want both. It's not this or that, it's yes, both. And the more you get to know me, the more that'll become a natural expression of our relationship. Um, there's this quote that I heard this last week, and I wanted to give you all real quick, and then I want to just share another layer of this really quickly in regards to culture. Um, but... It was from a guy named Ronald Rollheiser, a Roman Catholic, I believe, priest, a Roman Catholic author. And he said this, he said, the God of the incarnation is more domestic than monastic. 
I needed to read that like seven times, so can I at least say it one more time to you? <laughs> the God of the incarnation is more domestic than monastic. Think for a minute about what that means to you. Oh, sorry, I got your hair under there. My fault. Please don't sue us. To me, it says Jesus is less concerned about which one of these we spend more time doing. And he's more concerned with being with us and us inviting his presence into whatever we're doing. Because it seems like Mary was all about getting stuff done for somebody. But what if Mary, or Martha, I'm sorry, Martha was was more concerned with getting something done for somebody, which is great, that's helpful. But what if she just shifted her awareness to getting something done with somebody and said, hey, what do you want to do right now, Jesus? Let's spend some time hanging out, and then when we're all hungry, let's make some food. So just something to think about. The God of the incarnation is more domestic than monastic. Taking our time to just open ourselves and say, Jesus, where are you in this moment? As I'm doing the dishes or sitting at your feet, are you equally present in both of those scenarios? Is it less about which one I'm called to be and more about who I'm called to be with? Okay, let me give you the second layer real quick. I need a few more volunteers. I need some guys. I need some disciples. Uh, Give me like three or four guys. Come on. I know you're sick of standing. All right, awesome. Joseph, come on, Kurt. Wes, come on up. Brett, come on. And I need a couple girls. Don't raise your hand. Just get on up here. <laughs> All right, so Martha, you're over here in the kitchen still. Oh, yeah. Got it. Girls, you're in the kitchen with Martha. I'm sure there's a song about that somewhere. Um, oh, so hold on a second. Everybody, close your eyes for one second. I'm not going to do anything inappropriate. Maybe. Keep your eyes closed. I know some of you are peeking. I see your eyes. That means they're open. Peekers. Okay. Open your eyes and notice a couple things. (laughs) What do you notice about this scenario? Remember, Jesus was a first century Jew. So when he would go hang out at a house, would the girls and guys all mix together? Probably not. Let's take the probably out of that and say, absolutely not. So we have, and all of Jesus' disciples happen to be of what gender? Male. The ones that followed, around, followed him around, traveled him, all happen to be male. So they're all hanging out here, and they're probably, a disciple would sit where? A disciple would sit at their rabbi's feet, right? So you guys can go ahead and take a seat at, at Jesus' feet, if you don't mind. <laughs> Hey, by the way, um, this is my cousin Brett that just moved here a couple days ago. So you guys will hopefully be seeing a lot more of him and his girlfriend Taylor back there. And this is Kurt and Wes, right? Yeah. These guys are planning a church in Slow, and we have mutual friends. So yeah, it's good to have all you here. And you guys know Joseph. So so these, listen, check this out. They're all sitting here at the feet of Jesus. 
And we read the story of Mary and Martha, and we're like, oh, yeah, Mary can totally sit at the feet of Jesus. Fine. But no. Where do the girls belong in this culture? Women, seriously, okay. (laughs) Don't do that to me, please, (laughs) women. I'm simply telling the story as it is. I'm not trying to... I'm the last person that ever tried to be sexist, but where in this culture do the women belong? They belong over here. So, so think about it this way. When Martha comes in to tell Jesus, when Martha comes in to tell Jesus to stop letting Mary do this, what is she really saying with this in mind? There's a lot more going on here, isn't there, than just an issue of her being lazy and her being an activist. Mary is being incredibly inappropriate. She's being culturally inappropriate, almost scandalous. And Jesus is welcoming it. Jesus is saying, I'm okay with this. This is as, no, much more culturally inappropriate than somebody preaching a sermon in a tank top, board shorts, and a hat. (laughs) Way more culturally inappropriate. I feel uncomfortable standing here like this right now in front of you guys, because church tells us you don't dress like this when you teach a message in church, right? So it's kind of awkward for me, and I didn't tell my wife why I was wearing this, and she's like, just tell me, and I'm like, no, (laughs) I will not tell you. But it's awkward for me, it's vulnerable for me, it's uncomfortable for me, because I haven't worked out in a while, and because this is not how you're supposed to dress when you give a message in a church, right? This makes this look like no big deal. Because this is scandalous. This is so inappropriate, it's ridiculous. So Martha not only is telling Mary, look at, stop this senselessness. Stop this insanity. She's actually, and I love how it was N.T. Wright that pointed this out to me. Martha, when she comes over here, come over please, Martha. When she says something to Jesus, She's actually reproaching Jesus for being inappropriate. Let him have it, Martha. You are being super inappropriate. (laughs) You're not really. It's just part of the story. Um, (laughs) You are adorable. Um, You're one of my favorite people here. Um, But do you see that? That Martha has the nerve because she is so uncomfortable. It's not just about what Mary's doing, that Mary doesn't belong in the kitchen serving. And Jesus says, no, listen to this. I want you to see what is really in my heart. I value her dignity and her individuality more than I value what your culture says. Jesus was willing to overturn our understanding of culture for the sake of human dignity. He says, my daughter is more important than what you think about how we should interact. Even if it makes you feel awkward. Amen. Amen. If we could only understand how radical this scene is. And you know what I would propose? The only reason that this doesn't shock us is because Jesus had the nerve to do it in the first place. Think about that for a minute, sisters. The only reason that this doesn't shock us, the only reason that we don't have women sitting on this half of the church and men sitting on this half of the church 
is because Jesus had the courage to challenge culture for the sake of human dignity. And there's probably a lesson in there for us somewhere. Um, you guys can go back to where you were. Thank you so much. You guys are, Jesus, you are the star of the show. <laughs> Thank you guys. Welcome to Coastlands. You're welcome for not putting mud in your face. You should be glad you weren't here last Sunday. Um, hey, thank you guys. Thank you. But thanks, Mary, Martha, Joseph. You're awesome. You are cool. You need to come every Sunday, all right? You can be my helper, my teaching helper. Um, it's, it's still awkward for me. Um, I need to go do some P90X. Where's my wife? But, but I hope you guys see this, that there's a lot of layers going on here. And Jesus had this beautiful way of saying, look it. I want to break through the trappings of culture to reinfuse dignity into my daughters. Something to think about is who are the people in our lives that culture shuts down or culture alienates or, or culture demeans? And what's the way that Jesus might be calling you to bring them into the place that they deserve? Okay, hey, less than 30 minutes. But do you see the, the stream that God's been up to here? I think it's a beautiful thing that God's been kind of weaving together. That God is saying, look at this is how and who I am. And I'm about liberty. I'm about breaking free from these systems. And I'm about every single one of my children knowing they belong, that they're welcome, that they're invited. That's what motivates Bishop Yindi to be doing all that he's doing around Tanzania is because of the dignity of every single individual. And I love that Jesus is that big that Jesus can be in China and Tanzania and here at the same time, but that Jesus is so close that he cares enough to let Mary sit at his feet and let you sit at his feet. When everybody else around you says, no, you don't belong there. You get over there. One of the things that we always uh, like to do here is, is open up and just say, what is God doing in our midst? What has the Holy Spirit been speaking um, sometimes people get words, pictures, or, or um, I'm going to have you share after um, about your thing, but yeah, but so I want to just open it up for a few minutes and say, what, what is God saying to us as a group, and then we'll see how we're called to respond briefly. So Susan, and what we do is we ask people to stand so that everybody can hear, and Susan is like, oh, but yeah.